Hey there, my name is Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. In each episode, I explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. And during each show, I interview thought leaders, hear their leadership stories, and discuss ways to become better problem solvers and people developers. You can visit culturebus.cc to access additional tools focused on each episode so you can create forward movement with your team. All right, well, let's dive into today's show. I have a special guest, Chris Rondo. Chris, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Thank you, Chris. Glad to be here and uh, join you on Culture Bus. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Well, we have had a chance to meet through our church and I've had a lot of different conversations with you about discipling men. And so I'm excited to just connect with you online. I got my pen. I got some paper. I'm ready to take some notes. Tell us a little bit about Man in the Mirror, what you do, uh, what you like best about what you do. Well, I'm actually in the in the fresh steps of being full time with Man in the Mirror. We are a, a resource based ministry to help churches understand who their men are and actually minister to them appropriately for where they are in their walk with Christ. We help churches to build discipleship pathways for every man, not just the ones that, that come on Sunday or are on mission trips, but uh, every person that their church uh, comes in contact with in a given day or week period, how are you influencing that person for Christ? So as, a, as an area director, uh, my role is to reach out to a pastor uh, to reach out to lay leaders. And I go to men's conferences of two, three, 500 men. I'll speak to men's breakfast, you know, anywhere from 50 to 75 guys and share the vision with what does it look like to grow your men or to have more men participate in your ministry of discipleship? How do you yes. get men plugged into small groups, uh, small studies, and how do you help them become better men, uh, one, in their own personal walk with Christ? Uh, two, uh, in their marriages and in their home life, but also in the world, because, you know, that is where we are all called to go to is to take Christ and to take the gospel to this world. So we want to help churches prepare uh, all the men that are interested in growing to become mature. And as Second Timothy 2, 2 says, is to train other men who will then be qualified to teach others. We would mm-hmm. love to see leaders creating leaders in the church instead of people just growing and becoming stagnant and, dare I say, obese followers. So you are an area director for Man in the Mirror. I know we are in South Carolina, so I'm assuming that you have a, a is there a territory that you, uh, is South Carolina your area director location? Or tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, currently I'm located in the upstate, just south of Greenville. Uh, we have a, about 100 guys like myself nationwide. We're a ministry that was started in 1986 uh, by Dr. Pat Morley. He set out to see why uh, his father and grandfather left the church and what problems men were having. So Hmm. I think it was in 1991, we put uh, a million copies of the original Man in the Mirror book out into the hands of pastors, men, lay leaders uh, to to address the top 24 struggles. And um, 24 books later, here we are. Uh, growing to a nationwide network, actually an international network. We actually have about a dozen and a half guys over in uh, Malaysia, uh, Kuala Lumpur area that are area directors, just like I am for Christian churches in their region. Hmm. So we are this, dare I say, an industry leading uh, think tank 
of resources for men, how to reach men and how to grow them closer to Christ. Mm. How did you get involved in Man in the Mirror? In 2007, after I moved up here, I actually went through the original Man in the Mirror book with one of the deacons and two other men in the church that I was attending. Okay. And at the close of that study, you know, about a year and a half later, our church received a note card about a no man left behind training class coming to the area. I think it was in, over in Boiling Springs. Mm-hmm. And our church said, well, this is right up your alley. You love to teach men. You have a men's morning study. So why don't you go see what that is and bring it back to our church? Mm-hmm. So I went and spent a, a day and a half, a Friday night and an all day Saturday, learning the no man left behind model, uh, being mm-hmm. taught by David Delk, who was our president at the time. And um, got to meet David for the first time then and still have a long, longstanding relationship with him today. Yeah, And um, so what I did is I took the no man left behind and started to implement principles of this skeleton structure, this working model of what it takes to reach men in your church in my Thursday morning study. And um, I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit, but it's, it's basically how to understand your men. Where are they on the spirituality spectrum of maturity? Are they a new believer? Are they a moderate growing cultural Christian? Are they a biblical disciple? Are they, are they a leader who's creating other leaders? But also, I think that the vast uh, majority of the men that we deal with in the church, they have a hurt or a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, life may not have turned out the way they want it to, so they're in church seeking answers. So if, mm-hmm. we, if we can understand what those struggles are or where they are on the spectrum, we can better minister to those. So fast forwarding a few years, I sat down with my um, discipleship pastor or my executive pastor at the time, excuse me. And he said, Chris, I can honestly tell you right now, we have more men meeting in small groups uh, outside of Sunday morning than we do have women in our church. Mm. And I was kind of taken aback a little bit. He says, yeah, he says, don't be surprised. He said, a lot of these men are coming out of your Thursday morning group and they're starting their own small groups where men can become accountable, where they can sharpen one another and they can build real rubber meets the road relationships. You know, we, we call them 2 a.m. friends. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, I was not, not offended, but I was confused on why a couple of guys left my Thursday morning class. <laughs> so I, I ran into one. You'll, you'll like this one. This gentleman had uh, he now has five kids. Two are adopted. But I saw him on a Wednesday night and he was changing diapers in the nursery. And I said, Hey, I'll, I'll call him Steve, Steve, you know, well, where have you been? I haven't seen you on Thursday mornings. He says, well, that was too hard for me to get up on Thursday morning to do that because of my work schedule. It's easier for me to serve here in the ministry. I said, but you've got five kids. Don't you really want to break from that? Mm. He says, well, sometimes, but he said, I'm actually using this as a ministry tool. Mm. And I said, how so? He said, well, a lot of these kids are being raised by single moms. They don't understand what a Christian man looks like. He said, Mm. so one, I'm ministering to the moms by showing them that a man um, is willing to get dirty, to change diapers, to get on the floor, to read the Bible and play with their kids. Mm. I was like, wow, that's amazing. He said, well, unfortunately, a lot of these kids don't have dads at all. He said, so they need to see me as a Christian man. What do I do as a father figure for them? Mm -hmm. And as as Pat Morley says, 
not there are a lot of kids that have never felt the the three day scruff beard rubbed across their face uh, to experience closeness with their father, and yeah. that's what this guy was doing was mm-hmm. ministering to those that needed men and also being a minister to those that needed a manly example around him. So I, I looked right back at him. I said, you know what, Steve? I said, I don't want to see you in my Thursday morning Bible study again. If God's <laughs> called you to serve here, you're going to serve in this place and grow and reach people for Christ. So Wow. So this Bible study that you had, were you using man in the mirror curriculum? Cause I know that they put Bible studies out and that there's podcasts out. I mean, I knew that I know that they do provide a lot of resources for collaboration. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, Pat and David and, and Brett Clemmer uh, have all written different uh, resources. Uh, How God Makes Men, Man Alive, uh, mm. The Christian Man Book, Pastoring Men, uh, all books on manhood and leadership and growing the church. We, we used a lot of those resources, but there were some areas that we didn't touch upon. Um, so we would bring in stories from Francis Chan, Erwin uh, mm. McManus type stuff, uh, Eric Metaxas. Uh, different Mark Batterson books, I mean, yeah. just different um, materials. And we were going through the um, the Robert Lewis Quest for Authentic Manhood Men's Fraternity material. Yeah. But periodically we would take a break because uh, that was semester based. And I would say just reach out to the men with a question and say, what areas are you struggling with? What what miscellaneous topics would you like us to discuss? Mm-hmm. And that's where we jumped into Kenny Luck studies to a different Robert Lewis study, uh, just different materials on where men were dealing with to personalize the teaching instead of giving them a higher level generalization. We were able to fit their exact needs that they had. So, yeah. What do you feel like are the current needs that men have now? Top three would be their identity in Christ, meaning that a lot of guys. Uh, are confused. They're they're puzzled on what a Christian man should look like. Uh, the world uh, has painted a, a a muddy picture, or they've muddied the waters of what it takes to be a man. Um, do we use the word uh, toxic masculinity, <laughs> uh, or other things have happened in society? So, you know, it's it's not just a manly action. You know, hunting, fishing, hiking, uh, cutting things, shooting things that makes you a man. It's your heart's desires to carry out God's will is, is the number one. So it's identity. That's the top one. Uh, second one, I think uh, men are struggling with that work-life balance. You know, it, some of it goes with that identity and their search for significance. And um, we want to be good at everything that we do. And sometimes, you know, what's the whole, the whole phrase of burning the candle at both ends? I actually like to use my own spin and say sometimes we burn the candle at three ends, i.e. we break it in half and add more more tools to our plate or things to do, and we don't do any yeah. of them well. Man. And, and next it would be um, being kingdom-minded in this world. Uh, we can very easily be swayed by, by a celebrity, by humor, uh, by finances uh, to fit in. And I think we, we try to we want to know our place and where it is. And, you know, can I be bold for my faith? Can I bring my Bible to work? Can't, do I have the right to do these things? Yeah. I would say those are probably the top three things that men are really uh, Mm. struggling with. 
I believe Pat Morley just came out with a new book. I can't remember what it's called. I can see the picture of a man's face on it. It's blue, maybe. What's it called? It has to do with that identity in Christ. Uh, It's actually called The Christian Man. (laughs) Yeah. So that recently came out. Was that the most recent book that you guys published? Yes, this is the, this is the most recent book, and actually, I, I really it's a book about uh, a conversation about ten issues that men say matter the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a I really enjoy, or I was really excited about the the pretense or pretext behind this is Pat actually brought twenty four men between the ages of eighteen and forty five into a room and said, "You've all been believers now for a little while, and it's they're actually the, the the um, the millennial or the next generation behind us of the nuns and the duns, the people that are kind of turning their back on the church or they're done with religious politics and behavior. So he says, I want to know what you're struggling with. What makes you tick? So he asked these 24 men over two days of what topics they were dealing with mm. um, or where the church needed some help. So they storyboarded, came up with, I think it was over 35 topics. And then he said, what questions do you have about each one of these? So they asked an sundry of questions. And this is Pat making an attempt to answer those questions that mm. those men had about the top 10 issues uh, in their walk with the Lord, as well as their walk in the world and representing um, God and Christ to the world. So mm. it's a real handy resource towards the middle-aged guys or the church leaders trying to reach the younger generation of men to reach them at the heart, not just the head or the uh, entertainment level uh, of church. Yeah. Well, I I tell you what, I've been very blessed by the resources that Man in the Mirror provides. I had not heard of Man in the Mirror until I started working at Grace Church and uh, several years ago. And I had the privilege of working with David Delk, who you had mentioned earlier was one Mm -hmm. of the and CEOs at one time, and now he's the executive pastor of Grace Church. So I've had a great chance to learn from him, and he's handed me a couple books here and said, hey, go read this, you know, and I have the privilege of working with him um, with Men's Roundtable at our church. And so it's been a blessing. I mean, there's just a lot that I have gleaned. And I think recently, David had challenged me to think about this idea of having an all-inclusive ministry to men mindset. And I think that's what I wanted to talk about today with you. Each episode on the podcast, we share a leadership tip. And I thought it would be fun maybe to discuss the book, No Man Left Behind, and just mine out some of the things that I think could help us grow as leaders. So chapter three, you guys create a, a definition of a disciple. So I thought maybe we could just dialogue around that for a little bit and help our listeners and help me. I've got a pen and I'm ready to take some notes, but maybe Uh just start by just sharing what is a disciple and how do you guys define that within your resources? Sure. I would love to. Um, A a disciple to me, to us, is somebody who is um, pursuing godliness in their life. They're trying to become more Christ-like and do that by uh, reading scripture, praying, uh, going to church, uh, trying to learn more about what it means to uh, understand uh, and live out the gospel uh, in their lives. And uh, one of the focal verses we like to use uh, is actually 2 Timothy 3, 
15 through 17. Uh, you may be familiar with it, but uh, let me share that real quick. It's, it says, how from inf- infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correction, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm. So, and we believe that every man has a calling, um, albeit not every man is called to full-time vocational ministry, mm. um, but every man is, is, is called by God to answer his call of, do you believe that my son died for your sins and was resurrected again uh, to forgive you of those sins and to give us new life uh, and eternity in his heaven? So once we believe that principle, uh, that is that is our calling. We're either called to accept it or we're called to reject that. Now, in the scripture I just shared with you in, in 15, it says, uh, which are able to make you wise for salvation. That is our calling scripture that we are called mm-hmm. to accept or deny that gift. And then in, in verse 16, it says all scripture is God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So we're all equipped by attending church, speaking with mature Christians and how they um, can understand the scripture to them and apply it to their lives. Mm. Uh, sitting in sermons, listening to your pastors, or reading books, listening to podcasts, mm. um, just all this knowledge we have. And we, we have a ton of knowledge right now. And unfortunately, uh, it does create an environment of fact-based uh, obedience um, or behaviors. People are, are committed to doing something better, but it's not really who they are. Yeah. Um, what we're looking for is people that will understand that they're called and sent to do something. And that's the last focus of these verses is that we are thoroughly equipped for every good work is that, uh, God will give us a path, a place that we can use our spiritual gift, uh, whether it be teaching Sunday school leading a men's roundtable group or becoming a pastor. You know, I was a aerospace engineer uh, by schooling, by trade since 1993. Mm. And about six, seven years ago when I was exposed to men in the mirror, did I realize, wow, I, I'm actually ministering to guys that had the same struggle that I had. And I had some shortcomings and I was holding on to some desires of the world and the flesh and the pride of life. And I was trying to live the gospel out mm. and I was having difficulty doing both well, but through getting a mentor, having somebody keep me truly accountable, pouring scripture into me and testing me on my knowledge of it and my behaviors. Um, that's when I learned what it was to be called and equipped and sent and sent. Mm. So when we started seeing these men's groups uh, grow and I'm not going to say my, but God using me to create more and more discipleship groups. That's where Man in the Mirror stepped in and started offering full-time positions to say, hey, we don't need you to be an ordained pastor. We need you to be a man who has been redeemed and overcome and can share that with somebody else. And that's where I felt led that, you know what? I'm meeting a lot of men out there in this world that had the same exact struggle I had. And they don't have people that are in their church to reach out to them. Well, the the second Timothy three fifteen through seventeen passage has been helpful for me. I've I've been trying to really put that scripture verse to memory. And uh, the NLT, it doesn't really. I wouldn't normally say it like 
the NLT says it. So uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not my language. So it's been really helpful for me in the last couple of weeks since we've been building up to this, to just think through those three ideas being, you know, and I did, I grew up in a home where the Holy scriptures were taught to me and I made a profession of faith when I was young. So I know that I've made that decision to give my life to Christ, the equip piece, you know, that all scripture is inspired by God, useful for teaching, correcting and, and training and righteousness. So the NLT says all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach others what is true. Okay. And to and to show us what's wrong with our lives. Like I would never say that what's wrong with our lives, but that is the equip piece, you know. It corrects us when we're wrong and right. it shows us it shows us how to live our life. And so to me, like the equip piece is living like Christ. It is it is it is being around other men that feel the the burden to do that. You know, not just saying yes to Jesus, but then being um, someone who is, is changing. And then the sit piece, I love that word and God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. So the, the walk with Christ, live like Christ, work for Christ, like that is just a good, it's just been a very good definition for me. And I'm really grateful that you guys have kind of put that together. Talk a little bit about, I know in that chapter, you guys also talk about the head, hands, and heart, which is, I think, good visual. Can you describe a little bit about what that looks like using that passage and what we've been talking about? Sure. Uh, I just want to go back on that, uh, the last section of scripture that we just talked about. It can be simpler stated in Ephesians 2.10. It says in the NIV, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm. And uh, as I said, not everyone's called to full-time uh, vocational ministry, but yeah. if you're an engineer, you can take it to your desk and to your, your workplace. If you're a teacher, you should be able to take it to school and live it out there. A yeah. construction worker, a bricklayer, an electrician, uh, a janitor. Um, God wants us to bring the gospel to this world and wherever he's prepared us to do it. First mm-hmm. um, Peter 3.15 talks about always being ready to give an answer to everyone um, who asks on what we believe. And we're to be able to be prepared to share that. So that's that's the calling of where we go is everywhere in this world and to be prepared to do that. So, yeah. Um, to reach men, uh, and to, to live out the gospel, there are, we, we say there's three different ways that you can reach a man and help him to uh, understand the gospel. And that's what we call head, heart, and hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, head is a, a knowledge, understanding the truth of the gospel and what it means to you. So that would be your, your scholastic understanding of what is in scripture, your, your mental understanding or uh, illumination of God's word and what it means to you, dare I say, factually. So some people can be, can be reached through the knowledge of scripture um, and they can become teachers of the scripture, which is great. Heart is where we have to have a conviction about what we believe. Mm -hmm. So if you believe one thing, do you believe it just because someone else said it or do you you believe it to be true in your heart? Um, and that God can be trusted for the promise that he's given us through that, that scripture. So is your heart moved by the word of God and hearing what he is doing, one, inside of the scripture, but two, in other people's lives? And then hands is uh, the actions. Mm-hmm. It's the actions and the, the life transformation 
that changes the behaviors uh, of the knowledge that you know. Mm. Um, so basically, you are out there doing things uh, according to scripture from the thought that you have in a lifestyle that becomes second nature and you just do it all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually like to use the word uh, surrender. There's a difference between commitment to something and surrender to something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think if you look at your breakfast table, the chicken was committed to give her eggs to the meal, but the pig was surrendered and gave you the bacon to go on it. <laughs> so if you've been transformed to surrender and give everything, we call that a true disciple who understands God's word, what it means to him personally and how to live that out. Yeah. So good. Well, I like the visual of the head, heart, hands. As we kind of land the plane, if people wanted to get in touch with you, if they want to learn, connect, what, how would they go about doing that? Yeah. Uh, m- most of what we've talked about today uh, comes from two of our, call our foundational resources. Uh, one is called Pastoring Men. Uh, it was written by Pat Morley about what is working, what we observed over many, many years of ministry on how to reach men and and help them grow in their walk, what different tools are out there. Yeah. Um, the end of that book introduces the No Man Left Behind. And that is our that's our foundational resource. It's, it's a skeleton structure on how to build an effective ministry to men uh, to create disciples who create more disciples. So yeah, that book is available at nomanleftbehind.org. Uh, you okay. can also go to maninthemirror.org forward slash Chris Rondo. That's my personal ministry site. Uh, I can be contacted through there via email um, Great. as well. Well, we'll add all that to the show notes, man. I appreciate you sharing that, Chris. Thanks for being here today. Not a problem. Glad to be here to help out. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. All right. As we finish today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us. And I also want to mention a tool that Chris and I made specifically for this episode that can help you, your small group, or even your staff evaluate the discipleship impact that you currently have. This tool will help you develop a robust definition of what a disciple of Christ is and provide you three ways to create a spiritually powerful man or what we would call a mature disciple of Christ. If you're looking for a biblically-based way to gauge your discipleship impact or want some practical steps for celebrating and evaluating discipleship within your ministry context, this tool is for you. You can access this resource by emailing me at hello at culturebus.cc or check out the show notes for more information. And if you're new to the Culture Bus Tools podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. When you sign up, you'll gain access to the Culture Bus Tools Archive, which currently has over 23 leadership tools to help you and your team increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. You can head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up. And one more thing, if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I would love your help in getting the word out. You can do that by subscribing to your favorite podcasting platform, giving us a review and telling others about the show. All right. See you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.